All right, welcome into a little bit of an emergency news for Jags podcast. Jamal St. Cyr alongside Justin Barney. Uh, so tonight was the NFL Honors, and this is the moment where we found out this year's Pro Football Hall of Fame class. Fred Taylor, Jaguars legend, was a finalist, but didn't make the cut this year. For the first time, so you've got to get there. You've got to have a starting point. Obviously, this was Fred's first year to be that finalist, to get over that semifinalist hump. I think he was a semifinalist five years in a row before he made the cut to a finalist. So this is a process, Jaguar fans. I know just from looking on social media and the upsetness about fans being upset, Fred did not get inducted tonight. But there's good news. There is good news. It's the start of a long process. We saw this with Tony Baselli. Yep. We've seen this with other guys who have had to come in and kind of pay their dues. And Fred will get there. Fred will get there. Sure, yeah. I Look, he's going to get in eventually. Once you're kind of a finalist, there's not a whole lot of going back. Almost every guy that becomes a finalist eventually gets into the Hall of Fame. Uh, it wasn't the first go-around. It's not the, the outcome that I think Jaguars fans definitely wanted to see, but... Uh, yeah, look, there's there's next year. I know the wait has been long enough for mm -hmm. Fred Taylor at this point, but we'll we'll see. Look, that, I mean, that's the best we kind of got right now is is we'll see. Once you're in the room, though, eventually he should be in the hall. Yeah, you know, I think the NFL has put out statistics since 1970. If you've been a finalist, a Pro Football Hall of Fame finalist, the chances of you eventually gaining admittance hover in that 80 to 82 percent range. So pretty good. Once you're on that dance floor and those voting guys are hearing your story and your name, you know, former Channel 4 sports director Sam Kavaris makes those pitches on Jaguars players. He eventually got Tony Baselli in. Um, he will eventually get Fred Taylor in. Um, mm -hmm. I, I think it's just a matter of time. So I know Jaguars fans are frustrated and upset. You know, Fred's credentials are pretty darn impressive. Um, he's 17th all-time yep. in NFL history in rushing yardage. Um, the only two guys ahead of him – who are not in the Hall of Fame are Frank Gore, Adrian Peterson. You know why they're not in the Hall of Fame? Because they're not yet eligible. Yep. So that gives you some ideas that at some point, Fred Taylor is going to be in that mix where he's in that final five and he gets that cut. His numbers are certainly there. Um, you know, he's kind of dinged for being not a perennial pro bowler, only made it one time. He played on a bad team. He had a bunch of injuries. But if you look at what Fred Taylor meant, I think you've got to look at the two in the, in the era that he played. Had he not played in a, in a rookie year when Randy Moss was absolutely demonizing people when he was with the Vikings, and that's yeah. Fred's rookie year, he would have been rookie of the year had right. Randy Moss not been in the conversation. But Fred Taylor's body of work uh, is impressive. Um, 11,695 rushing yards in his career, uh, 66 rushing touchdowns, eight touchdowns receiving, um, and as I mentioned, all the guys that are before him, the exception of two, are in that Hall of Fame. Look, I mean, this is simple. Fred Taylor should be a Hall of Famer. This is kind of ridiculous that Fred's not in the Hall of Fame. When you look at the books in the NFL, every player ahead of him with more rushing yards that is eligible to be in the Hall is in the Hall. Fred's not there. That Make it make sense. And then when you start talking about his yards per carry, that 4.6 yards, and you say Jim Brown, Barry Sanders, that's the list. Oh, by the way, Fred Taylor's in there, so those are the three guys. It's a pretty good group. You'd think that Fred Taylor should be in the Hall of Fame. Those are Hall of Fame numbers. Um, when, when I talked to Fred Taylor this season, when he found out he was a finalist, he said, look, it, it's easy. I sleep well at night because I think the tape speaks for itself. And he said that, you know, he did what he was supposed to do as a player. He did the work, and the tape should speak for itself. 
And the tape does speak for itself. Yeah, and this I, is coming from somebody who, I wasn't in Jacksonville when Fred Taylor was playing, but I knew who Fred Taylor was. Oh, yeah. And Fred Taylor was an elite running back then, and he wasn't just elite for one year. He wasn't just elite for two years. He was elite for an extended period. And I know, look, they, they throw out the all pros and the, the pro foot or pro bowl numbers and stuff like that. But during that era, there were a lot of running backs that kind of just mm -hmm. popped up um, for a year or two. They were like those flame in flame outs. And so they were the big AFC running backs of the year, the, the flavor of the mm -hmm. week, kind of that maybe they had that huge season. Larry Johnson had one. Chris Johnson had a couple. Yep. And, Fred was there the whole time. He just maybe was behind the eight ball on some of those Pro Bowls because of these guys that had these, I mean, iconic kind of seasons, these short runs, though. Priest Holmes was a short-lived kind of guy in Kansas City that was in that same mm -hmm. time frame that definitely took some Pro Bowl spots that could have gone to Fred Taylor otherwise. That doesn't mean he's not great. Yeah, and, and you look at his career numbers. And again, this is not, he's not a B. John Robinson kind of back. He's not a, he's not a 5'10", 190 pound. He's not a Travis Etienne back. People who did, I mean, have not seen Fred up close in his prime would be stunned at how big, at how agile he was. I mean, this is a 230 pound guy yes. who ran like a B. John Robinson, who ran like, I mean, could cut and change. And you saw the, the lower body injuries he had was from just that, momentum and that ability to shift and jump cut and stuff. I mean, he was an unbelievable back in his prime, nearly 12,000 career rushing yards. He's got the numbers. Yes, I believe he's hurt from being in a small market. Sure. I believe he's hurt from, you know, Tony Baselli took six years as a finalist to get in. Right. And the knock on Tony was similar to what the knock were on Fred. Now, Tony made multiple all pros, multiple pro bowls, yep. was considered one of the best players in the entire 90s and fred was not in that chasm you know the fred had a longer career than tony had uh, the injuries kind of hurt fred's prime during his prime years he had a groin injury tear when they played the titans um right after 9 11 and you just saw how massive he was and how hurt he was and ability to come back from that and have good season stuff but fred got that moniker where he was fragile freddie um i know it was unfair moniker injuries happen in the nfl yes. but tony had the same thing tony had is issues with injuries and longevity he did not play that long and that was portions of why tony baselli had such a difficult time making to the hall of fame now he's in the hall of fame Kind of opened the door for Jacksonville. I do believe Fred is the going to be the second Jaguars player to get in. Has to be. Well, it, look, if it's not Fred, I mean, Jimmy hasn't gotten the respect that he deserves right. either. But it seems like there's a whole lot of a bigger gap in getting right. Jimmy in than there is getting Fred in. And then once you get past Fred and Jimmy, it's like, who would be next? Those two. And then it'd be uh, Keenan McCardle would be maybe that third one um in the in line but he's not quite there yet jimmy i mean jimmy's stuff outside of football i think really uh in a sense almost look at him like a terrell owens kind of guy terrell wasn't a first ballot guy even no, though his numbers no, it wasn't it should have been it should have been a first ballot right. it's ridiculous but i think you have guys and jimmy's issues were a little more pronounced legal wise um had those issues but no i mean the guy was transformative in what he did with jaguars and yeah. it, again NFL means a cast off in Dallas, and he comes to Jacksonville, and uh, he should be in the Hall of Fame. And I do believe Jimmy will get get a get a longer look once Fred is. He'll in. get. A, he, I feel like Jimmy's going to be one of those guys who gets in once he gets to the senior committee, 
where then Jimmy's finally, they're like, look, these consecutive 1,000-yard seasons, the things this guy did, I mean, the way he torched that 2000s Ravens defense, the only guy that really had success against them the whole season. I mean, this guy was good. I think once he can kind of get to that senior committee, it's going to take a long time, uh, but I think he'll get in. I do think Fred gets in in the next couple of years. I think he should already be in. I think he should have gotten in this year, but I do think there's still some time um, that Fred will get in. But I, I do still think, like, once you get past Fred and Jimmy, I know you mentioned Keenan McCardell. I don't know how close he really is. He does have some good numbers, had some good years. But after that, it's going to be a gap. Like yeah. these, these are the Jaguars players for the hall. And then you, you start running into those guys that would have been coming in and during those rough years. Right. Like, a lot like, of rough years. You know, look, Mer- Mer- or Maurice Jones-Drew, he was great. Mercedes Lewis was great. But they don't necessarily have those yeah. Hall of Fame numbers. Right. So and the, the problem when you get into this, I mean, Tony Baselli ran into the same thing. He was a first-time finalist in 2017. Sure. And, oh, by the way, you know, who else is in that class? Terrell Davis, yeah. LaDainia Tomlinson, Kurt Warner, first-time guys. You know, in 2018, Ray Lewis, Terrell Owens, Randy Moss, 2019, Champ Bailey, Tony Gonzalez, Ed Reed. 2020, there was 20 inductees. We got Troy Palomalu, Edron James, Steve Hutchison. Oh, he's a great guard. Um, and then the 21 class, Calvin Johnson, Megatron himself, Peyton Manning, I yeah. mean, Charles Woodson. That was what held Tony up. And, again, when you've got three, maybe even four surefire things yeah. in that first year where you're eligible, it's going to take some time. And that's that's what this committee does in a sense. It, it kind of clears out the logjam. Yeah. But when you look at what's coming next in these 25 to 28 seasons, Brad's going to have some tough, tough issues as well. Well, that's why I thought this year might work because it didn't feel like they had that many sure things. Mm-hmm on this year's ballot. I mean, that many guys where you looked at and just like, well, he's got to be in this time. It, it didn't feel like that. And so Fred coming up short is kind of a head scratcher. Yeah, there, there are going to be some stat cards coming up. All I know is this. If Frank Gore gets into the Hall of Fame <laughs> before Fred Taylor, I'm going to have a problem. <laughs> I, I am going to have a complete meltdown. Look, nothing against Frank Gore. I was a Frank Gore fan, but that's longevity. That was not greatness. Like, if Frank Gore gets in the Hall of Fame first, we riot. I'm just done. University of Miami back product. He was a terror back in uh, Coral Gables. Ranks number three all-time on the NFL career. That's great. How many years did he play? He he may still be playing, for all we know. Now, Frank Gore's biggest contribution. His son's about to come into the league. His son is going through the draft (laughs) process now, and Dad hasn't even been retired for five. Dad's not even Hall of Fame eligible yet, and his son's about to go into the NFL. That's crazy. Yeah, Frank Gore was, again, one of those backs of longevity for Frank Gore. I mean, he played forever, forever. And, you know, Frank Gore's biggest claim to fame in Jacksonville. Getting Trevor Lawrence. He helped Jacksonville <laughs> get Trevor Lawrence. He had that rushing touchdown against the Jets and uh, gave Jacksonville that number one draft pick. Right. But some of these, you know, looking ahead to some of these uh, draft classes. So we talk about Tony Baselli having to kind of wait it out, wait yeah. his turn. Um, he wasn't a first ballot kind of guy. But this is what Fred Taylor is going to be up against in these next few years. All right. right. Who you got next year? 2025. You got Luke Coochley. Old Panther. Luke Keekley. Keekley. Yeah. Keekley. Yeah. Okay, Luke Keekley. Uh, Marshall Yanda, Ravens guard. Okay, sure, sure. thing. Sure. Uh, Earl Thomas, old Seahawks. Mm, okay. Thumper. Sure. Uh, Adam Vinatieri, he's probably a lock. Yeah, Vinatieri's got to be a lock. And Eli Manning next year. Oh, um, that's a debate. We can talk about yeah, that. Two Super Bowls. We, we, can, we can talk about that one. What, what do the numbers say for so Eli So he, he may not be the first bat, but um, he's a Manning. 
that, that, the, the last name is going to carry Eli on this one. I know, look, Eli is, a, is the debatable one because the Super Bowls are there. The numbers are kind of mesh. And, like, I just remember watching Eli and, like, who was watching the Giants and, like, ooh, I'm scared Eli Manning's going to – like, nobody was doing that. Uh, so, okay, okay, I get it. Eli had some good yep. years, and Giants fans are going to hate me for that, but it, it is what it is. Um, all right, so so Keekley's definitely yep. – even though he hung it up. Earl Thomas had some off-the-field stuff, right. so if we want to talk about guys with off-the-field hurting him, uh, that might hold him up a little bit. Um, Marshall Yonda, yeah, probably. Yep. Um, so there's there's a couple of guys. All right, what, what about 26? 26 is going to be even tougher. Larry okay. Fitzgerald. First ballot. Drew Brees. First ballot. Your boy Frank Gore. <laughs> and Jason Witten. J- so, Jason Witten, okay, probably first ballot. He's, again, that's three tough guys right there. Let me make uh, it perfectly clear. If Frank Gore gets into the <laughs> Hall of Fame before Fred Taylor, we riot. I'm done at that point. We need a whole new committee if that's the case. And 27 is where it really kind of thickens up here. All um, right. 27, Adrian Peterson. Yeah, AP, first is, ballot. AP is a first uh, ballot. Richard Sherman is in that conversation. Maybe okay. not a first ballot guy. Gronkowski, first Gronk's ballot. first ballot. No uh, Antonio question. Brown, he's going to fall into that Terrell Owens kind of chasm. Off the, off the field and stuff. I, I do think Antonio is probably not a first ballot just from his – off the field kind of stuff. Even those numbers are unbelievable. Uh, Eric Weddle, great safety. Jaguars actually made an offer to him years ago. Sure. Um, I would have loved to have seen him in Jacksonville. Unbelievable safety. Had a great career. Mm-hmm. Alex Mack is another guy who Jacksonville tried to get. Uh, he ended up signing with the Falcons. Great center. Um, and uh, and Ben Roethlisberger. So beyond that, Ben's the first ballot. So 2027, you may not even have. You may have hangover there of first ballot kind of guys who don't even get in. And then 2028, we got Tom Brady. J.J. Watt, A.J. Green, said. those are three guys right there, probably first ballot. Those are enough said. So basically what you're saying is next year's the year. <laughs> it's got to be got to be 25 or you're looking at 2029, 20, I think. Next year's the year for Fred is what it feels like. So I'm just going ahead. Look, Duval, just go ahead and, and make your reservations <laughs> for Canton for next year. Uh, we were just a year too early on this. Look, look. Ultimately, I think for, I think we, we're in agreement that eventually Fred Taylor will yeah, get absolutely. In. The question is how long does the wait end up being, and the wait is the biggest problem. And part of this is that at least it's different now because when Tony was going through it, it was like miserable. So the committee used to go to the Super Bowl site mm-hmm. city. They'd vote there. So all of the players that were, were finalists had to go and be in yeah. their hotel room and hope that somebody came and they heard a knock on their door and to find out. Yep. that So it, so for Tony, he had to keep going to this hotel with his family, with his family, this whole nine yards, get your hopes up. And then there's nothing. Mm-hmm. So now they've changed because the NFL is a business and they realize that those door knocks is good <laughs> TV. So now the, the committee takes care of the vote a little bit earlier on. And that way they can send someone to the players' homes, knock on the door. They catch the whole thing on TV, make the nice special you'll see on NFL Network in a week or two, I'm sure. So at the very least, like Fred's weight now, much more palatable weight. Right. Like you didn't have to make the trip and, and hang out in Vegas and just wait in your hotel. Like, like can you imagine – like you played at a high level, you did everything right. You're just waiting to get in the Hall of Fame, hoping that you're going to get picked this year, and you got to sit in your hotel room and wait for somebody to knock on the door, and nobody comes. And you do that year after year after year. Like that—that's hard. Yeah. Waiting at your house, I'm comfortable. This is where yeah, I live. And, like I take Tony, a nap. <laughs> Tony talked about it when Mark Brunell was here. Uh, of course, he talked about the, right. the disappointment when you go to the Super Bowl expecting to hear that knock, 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 and you don't get it, 
and you get all your hopes up and everything. So I'm glad now it's not like that. Um, players know these votes beforehand before they show up to honors. So Fred right. knew, knew going into the honors he was not a Hall of Fame selection. But I, it, to me, it's more ethical in a sense where you're you're not you know asking these families and everybody to show up and only to be disappointed so i do like that a little bit better uh than how it was so again but i think fred is uh he's going to get it next year or he's going to not going to get it until probably 2029 i think it's going to be a similar uh, path to tony vaselli faced all right here's the question though so fred taylor's tape speaks for itself for sure i think that the tape is hall of fame worthy even if it hasn't been good enough yet so uh, we've talked about the jaguars in the past and how if a team got real good and made a Super Bowl run, all of a sudden that helped, That would help Tony Baselli or that helped Fred Taylor. So like 2017, people thought that might help push Tony Baselli forward, or if this team made a Super Bowl run this year, that might help Fred Taylor. That didn't happen, mm-hmm. but um, does the podcast, he does the pivot, mm-hmm. which he's getting a whole lot, I mean, that is a huge podcast, a huge platform. Do you think that helps his case? Absolutely. That, that public visibility, keeping his name out there. Absolutely, and, and I think the more you can do, the better. I mean, Tony was a, an on-air broadcaster for years. I think that uh, it, helping, you know, putting that out there, just continuously out there, out there, out there. And people who never saw Fred, there's a lot of people who never saw Fred. Mm-hmm. Taylor's not a lot of people who never saw Tony play. So I think hearing that, you know, and having Anthony Munoz come out and talk about Tony Baselli, um, just people seeing that and reminiscing. Remember, a lot of these guys on the, the Hall of Fame voters block these are older guys these are guys who have been in the business they're 50 60 70 80 years old who have been voting forever and you know you're playing in a small market like jacksonville you may not be seen um and you got to bide your time and do that but yeah for a fred taylor whose numbers are i mean his numbers are good numbers are very hall of fame worthy but you play in a small market in jacksonville your your pro bowl credentials are just not there um, you never won a Super Bowl, never right. played in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I think it's great to get that that footage back out and that conversation back out. That can only go to bolster Fred's case. And Fred, to me, he's he over the years it has shifted. I mean, Fred used to be very kind of you know anti. Hey, I was I was the best player in Jaguars history. I was you know I did this. I, he's he's become more. Yeah. Um, I, I not say mature, but I think wise in his in his age. I think he probably knows he's going to get in at some point. He saw what happened to Tony, um, but I do think Fred has softened up a little bit. Sure, it's going to be you know disappointing going home sure. um, after watching the the honors there tonight for Fred and and saying, "Well, I didn't make it," but I think he eventually gets in. I think he knows that in his head now. I think he uh, he knows that he's going to get in at some yeah, point. And I think like the frustrating part at this point is that he knows he's going to get in, knows he should be in, knows the numbers speak for themselves. And he has so many players that played against him that agree that, look, he he was a Hall of Fame-worthy running back and that agree that he was one of the best they played against. And at some point, I think we got to start thinking about, do we need to redo this process? Uh, do, Do they need more player involvement on this process? Is there something that's missing here if... There are so many players that that agree. I mean, you had guys standing up for Tony Baselli mm-hmm. saying, look, this dude's a Hall of Fame tackle. And th- these are guys that have the gold jacket, and yet it still took that long to get him in. And it's the same thing with Fred, where you got players that are, are standing up for him saying, look, this is a Hall of Fame running back. This dude's good. The mm-hmm. size, the speed, the ability to stop on a dime and then restart at full, at full tilt right after mm-hmm. the acceleration that takes. Uh, at some point, we got to start thinking like maybe 
maybe we're missing something. Maybe maybe there's something that's got to change. I I think when you cap the modern era finalists who can be enshrined to five, I mean, you're up against that fulcrum of guys who are eligible for that first time coming in. And you're, you're, I mean, you see like the Tony class. I mean, I thought he would have been in the year before, but you just, you, that fulcrum of guys that are always coming in. If you always have that hard cap of can only put five guys in this year, well, you're going to run into classes where you've got Tom Brady and J.J. Watt going in, and you're yeah. you're locked into those two or three right there off the bat. You know, you look at the 27 class, Adrian Peterson, Gronk, uh, Eric Weddle, Ben Roethlisberger, Alec Mack. I mean, those are four guys right there who were going in without even a question in, in that year. So, yeah. you know, if Fred's case is heard in 27, well, I mean, you're up against Adrian Peterson. Eh, you're not winning that battle. Yeah. I mean, you're up against Ben Roethlisberger. He's got a couple Super Bowls. Oh, you're not going to do that. So I think as long as you are hard, and it should be hard to get in. I mean, it yes. should be an yes. ultra-exclusive club. But I think the only way to kind of counteract, you know, do we have the right thing is to say, hey, we've got to take this hard cap off and maybe, you know, some baseball years, there have been no inductees. Right. In baseball, baseball approaches it differently. And I do think that there can be years where – where there are no inductees, but where football has that cap, it makes sure that there mm-hmm. are inductees to be had every year because there are deserving guys like Fred Taylor who are still waiting mm-hmm. their turn because they have that cap there. If you go the baseball route where you can have a zero class because you've had big classes mm-hmm. in the past where every guy who's worthy is almost definitely a first ballot Hall mm-hmm. of Famer, then you start running into that. And I, I know the NFL will never go for right. never want want that because – Canton, the Hall of Fame game, the Pro Football Hall of Fame, they want to keep that mm-hmm. at the forefront of things and keep that moving along. I, I just wonder when you have guys, I mean, and Fred's not the only player that's got caught up in this, mm-hmm. that had the Hall of Fame resume, and for one reason or another, it took forever to get this guy yep. in. Um, he's just one of the ones that I, I don't f- under, I don't feel like there's a whole lot of debate there. I mean, there are running backs in the Hall of Fame that don't have Fred's yeah. numbers. They just played in different markets, and that's the part that, that to me starts to question, do you need to, to have a change? Because when you start talking about some of these guys, oh, well, he got a Super Bowl ring with this team. Okay, and? Like, just because every player on a Super Bowl roster wasn't a Hall of Famer. Yeah. That doesn't make you a Hall of Famer because you got a ring. Well, I, it, yeah, it's, it's kind of the Dan Marino argument, you know, Jim Kelly argument. Those guys never went. That was always the, 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 the ding on Dan Marino. Unbelievable quarterback. Right. Never got, never won a Super Bowl. Never won a Super Bowl. Jim Kelly, the same thing. Unbelievable quarterback. Never right. won a Super Bowl. How do you, you know, should that keep a guy out of the Hall of Fame? I mean, for Dan Marino, it's not going to. But for other guys, you know, there is a, there is kind of a, a hit to that where yes. you're not that, you know, blue chip like a Marino Kelly kind of guy and you've never won a Super Bowl. And I mean, Fred is a guy like that. He he did not win a Super Bowl in Jacksonville. Finished his career in New uh, with the with the Patriots, Patriots. Um, and just did not have that success. You know, Tony, you know, for for his brief period of time where he was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he had playoff games against Bruce Smith. I mean, that the game in '96, or the, actually technically '97, but the '96 season where they made the playoffs. Tony goes up to Orchard Park and turns in this gem of a game against Bruce Smith, Defensive Player of the Year, stonewalls him. And that playoff game, big-time performance, Tony played unbelievable in playoff games. And, you know, Fred just did not have that same success. So, I don't don't think, uh, you know, not being in a Super Bowl, not winning a Super Bowl should keep a player out of the Hall of Fame. Okay, so here's the question for you. We're almost done with this podcast, but this is the last last thing I'm going to throw out there. All right, 99. They were that close. 
if they win that Super Bowl in 99, do you think Tony and Fred get in earlier? Yes, absolutely. I think so. I think, again, I think you go to the Super Bowl that year, you play the Rams, the greatest show on turf at the time. Um, the Titans obviously got there. Kevin, uh, who was it? Kevin Dyson or Kevin somebody Dyson, got that's it. tackled at like the one Mike yard line. Mike Jones Jr. Yes, yep. With so, the tackle. Yeah, so, oh, I remember that game. Like, yeah, yeah. And I don't, you know, <laughs> having covered that Jaguars team that year and been at that uh, 99 AFC Championship game, uh, I just remember being on the field afterwards and seeing Eddie George and how big Eddie George was. Sure. His, his legs, and he had a busted up foot. And I'm like, how is this guy going to play in the Super Bowl? His foot, like a grenade blew up in his shoe. I mean, the guy was just such <laughs> such a big horse. But I yeah. remember saying, I don't think the Jaguars could go up and, and play the Rams and keep them. They were – I mean, the Rams were – I mean, that was peak Kurt Warner. Peak yes. Rams right there. I mean, peak greatest Marshall show on Fault, turf. I mean, they were good. Isaac Bruce, Torrey yeah. Holt, uh, another guy who's still trying to wait his turn. Yeah. I think Torrey Holt should be a Hall of Famer, too, eventually. Yeah. Um, his numbers qu aren't quite as great, but he was the best receiver in the league for Former a short Jaguar. span there. Former Jaguar. That's right, right. <laughs> yeah. should, should we ask him if he wants to go into the Hall of Fame as a Jaguar yeah. instead of a Ram? That's right. That's we'll right. One on big it. season. and in Warner Jacksonville, Warner. same with Andre Risen was in Jacksonville for one year, former Falcon. That's right. Um, but yeah, I, I think had to your question, I do think had they cleared that hurdle, you know, that's your that's your second AFC Championship game appearance with Tony Baselli, yeah. uh, your first with Fred Taylor. Um, I think they are no doubt they they play in the Super Bowl. I do think that opens some eyes. I think Tony's in a little bit earlier. Well, we'll see what happens for Fred. But this year was not the year, so the wait continues for fred taylor we're in agreement fred's a hall of famer and will be one day it just wasn't this year i know there's a little bit of disappointment plenty of disappointment to go around we'll see just how long it is for fred uh maybe next year maybe, maybe next, next year, year we can plan that that uh trip to canton but i stand by what i said if frank gore gets in first <laughs> we riot we just redo the whole thing i'm done with it we'll make our own hall of fame we'll move on all right hey thanks for hanging out with us on the news for jags podcast we'll see you next time